Podcast. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trab. And this is Rich Tohoka. And maybe we'll have, uh, uh, I'm sorry, maybe we'll have Peter here a little bit later. But for now, this is the tri Games Podcast. Your podcast of figuring out how much to make a secret military base on just $25 a day, right? Brother, can you spare a dime? <laughs> We've talked about finances and various things uh, a number of times on this podcast over the last four years, but we thought we'd just talk about what it would actually take to build Hatsumi Base. Not, uh, well, actually not to build it because we, uh, I don't have any idea what that would cost, but how much it would take to run Hatsumi Base and how does you know, IDET get its money? How does this spend its money? And what are the possibilities for you to do in your campaign as far as financing IDET? I would say I'm sure there's going to be just some pure research grants for like researching of the exploration of the star platform. I mean, you, you, there's, there's all these worlds out there that we can only see, you know, barely using, you know, all, uh, various types of telescopes we have that don't even use optical and to be able to go out there and just simply take pictures of, you know, stars within 40 light years. I'm, I'm sure there's money. People are willing to pay money for that. Oh yeah. I mean, isn't there a, a portal? Isn't there a platform from Alpha Centauri? Yeah, there's a Alpha bunch of them. And Proxima, yeah. Yeah. And we found a planet around and we found a planet around Beta Centauri. Uh, so yeah, I can actually see them wanting to go there and launch launch probes because it's within range. And let's send probes to investigate the the the, the beta the the beta Centauri system because we know there's a world there and if there's a world and also find out that there's worlds around Alpha. Hey, yeah, great stuff. I mean, these are questions that people have had as long as there's been telescopes. So we can finally get some of these things answered, and I'm sure there'd be people willing to pay, you know, money to IDET to get those answers that that they've wanted. You know, and of course the the you know the pictures that come back you know they would then sell you know and they would promote their own organizations and such and uh, and, and just what they could learn about solar development when we have another solar system to look at compare it to our own I'm sure there'd be a lot of questions answered or at least more theories presented and it would really advance uh, uh, astrophysics quite a bit I imagine. So there's a lot, be a lot of big research gr uh, grants coming for that sort of thing. So was it Alpha Centauri or Beta Centauri that Pandora was around? I can't remember which one it was. That'd be Alpha. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Not that we were saying we're going to put a world around Alpha Centauri uh, that's circling a, a uh, gas giant. No, we're not. No, no, not saying that. No. Is is there any other? Uh, um, uh, revenue streams that could come from Earth Prime into uh, the IDAC coffers to help support the organization and its always increasing size and reach? Well, I hate to say this. It, it, it either has to be sponsored by local government, by, by the various governments, but um, sales of technology to other worlds. Well, that's, that's actually not from Earth Prime. That's the, that's the next thing I'm going to. But does anybody else have any other ideas about how Earth Prime would be giving money to IDET in order for the, uh, in exchange for something? Is there anything else that we, we haven't covered? Um, maybe the talk circuit? Yeah, but that's under merchandising. 
okay, yeah, yeah, having like, you know, well, okay, maybe not Gordon Conrad, but maybe Sigurian Waylay doing PR type stuff. Like, okay, this is the stuff that we found here, and notice the scientific this, that, and the other. Yeah, we don't want Gordon as the mouthpiece. Sorry, that just doesn't fly with me. When I ran my beta test game, one thing that happened before every mission, you know, basically they have the, the, the last briefing before the mi- mission started, and then there was a press conference. Because every one of these things is, is basically like launching, is like launching a, a rocket into space in, during the early years of NASA. There's going to be a press conference in the first couple of years. There's going to be a press conference before every mission goes out. And your fringe where they're going to be grilled by the press. On what's going on, what their plans are, what they're going to do, what their goals are. You know, that's something that you're going to see a lot of. And then eventually it becomes back page news. Yeah. Like the, like the American space program. Mm-hmm. Unless there's something nasty happened, like when the first Miller is found, then it gets pretty front page. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be a fuzzy alien that they're going to find and bring back and, and say, look what we found. So, yeah. I, I, I agree that it's it's probably going to become, you know, it's it's going to have ebbs and flows, especially in the. I think it's more likely to happen in the early days, Richard, where they they have the big push to go out and explore, but then it takes like a couple years before they really find something of significance. You know, like say, like as you said, the Meller, which they may want to downplay quite a bit. Okay. Uh, well, the first Tremeller on a TV show would be a wonder. Yeah, but I'm just saying that it would. I think the I think the int- the public interest is going to wane during that period of time. But then, as the fringeworthy program gets getting bigger and bigger, and they start getting enough p- people out there that they actually start finding things on a regular basis that are actually wonders to behold. Well, then I think that does you're going to get a, a an increasing a resurgence of in- interest because more and more things are going to be there to see. You know, it's like going to a website that initially you go to and it's all exciting because you haven't seen it before. And it's got all this great stuff but then you find out that okay, that took them 2 years to build to make all the stuff you just looked like spent like two days or three days looking at their website. They're not going to, they're going to be coming out with something new, like once a month after this. And you're like, okay, then I'll check back in a month. See you guys. Maybe once every three months. Actually, I, one thought crossed my mind because uh, it's going to happen. Cause as, as we contact other alien races, other races out there, you know, when the Victorians show up, yeah, people want them on the talk circuit. So, you need a or you or fringe corp can offer to be their agents for a fee. Well, the first Tremeller on a TV show would be a wonder. Yeah, and then the and, and then the Romans show up and they'll want to actually have an authentic Roman bacchanal and they're gonna go, We don't do that anymore, you know. <laughs> but what <laughs> Yeah Vomitorium, oh what a bad idea. No, no. Wait, 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 what exits aren't aren't a good, aren't a good idea? Vomitorium means exit. <laughs> it would be a nauseum if it was going to be anything. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, but yeah, you have these people. Yeah, you have the, these individuals, and then you know, French Corp. This is falling in back in the market again. But they would be licensing all those alien races out, all those other races out there. I hate to use me alien because they're all from Earth. These alternate races out there licensing their likenesses. My new Demixi dog. Christmas, yeah, yeah. Our ticket when it, and you had the radio controlled one. It runs around the floor, you know, <laughs> climbs the walls with those little suckers, <laughs> and it's manufactured in Demixi. <laughs> you know, it has the Demixi stamp on it, made in Demixi. Yep, and it takes Demixi batteries, which are square. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, uh, so let's go ahead and move on to uh, – you're kind of doing the reverse of what I was going to talk about as far as uh, of money coming from other worlds. I mean there is the – our partners in uh, the Alien Corps and such, they may want to sell some of their products on Earth. So yes, you know, IDET would become like their agents – uh, on or IDA would become like their agents on Earth uh, to market and set up contracts with uh, the various corporations to because you can't push enough product through the fringe paths. What I'm saying is, is it, it makes more sense to license a, a local manufacturer to make your products, okay, and then take that money and 
we will talk about how the money works as far as getting it between the two different uh, worlds and such. This thing always crossed my mind because there's always going to be these these wasted Earths that basically something having killed off humanity, and if they're the right vintage and the right and the and the and the um, deviation point occurred fairly recently, uh, works of art, duplicate works of art. So how many Mona Lisas do you want? How many alternate Elvis albums that he never published here? Yeah, do you want to see? Do you want to see? Oh, what you were talking about this earlier, uh, Richard. You want to see the 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 the? You want to see Dune done by what's his name again? Oh, uh, we saw that tonight. It was wonderful. What was what was what's his name? The uh, the director who was again? It was um, I can't remember his name. What's his name? Uh, no, 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 Jodowski. Jodowski. No, it was Lynch who did the movie. Are you talking about the miniseries? No, no, no. The, the, no, we're talking about the original Dune movie that didn't get made. Okay, you watched the you watched the movie that didn't get made. It's a documentary. You all know we watched the documentary on it. Ah, uh, oh, that guy, that guy, yeah. Orson Welles, Mick Jagger, how many others? Salvador Dali was going to be the emperor. Right, right. I, I watched that that thing too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Imagine seeing or, or or seeing the or Casablanca with with not with Humphrey Bogart but Ronald Reagan because he was actually going to be in the movie and then he and he basically for various reasons dropped out and he was given to Humphrey Bogart. So see Casablanca with Ronald Reagan. Well, there you go again, playing again, Sam. Go ahead, shoot me. You'd be doing me a favor. Hey, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't have been president. Kurt Russell, who was going to be Han Solo. I would have loved that. I like Kurt Russell as an actor. Christopher Walken was also and Rich, I saw the 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 outtakes for the actors. You showed me them years ago. Christopher Walken read for Han Solo. No, that wouldn't have been creepy at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah or, or remember uh, the Terry Gill was it Terry Gilliams? Yeah, Terry Terry Gilliams uh Superman. You know, with, with, not with Kevin Smith. Um, oh, I've got his name now. The actor. No, Kevin Smith wrote a Superman script. Imagine a world where that actually came out. It'd be a yeah. fun different thing than what we would have gotten with Man of Steel. I can't name the actor, but he's. T- you, uh, if I mentioned you, you, you would go him. Because you know, Ter- Terry Gilliam was saying that. Okay, you know, so why is Superman all buff? He's the only reason why he's strong is because the sunlight's falling out. He could be scrawny. He could be a scrawny guy. And the actor he picked was scrawny. He wanted a scrawny guy to play Superman. Yeah, I think Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, that's right. That's who it was. Yeah, Nicholas Cage would be the first person I thought of to be Superman like that. Because he's a he's a beanpole. And um, uh, yeah, so yeah. So but this this all assumes, of course, that all disco- uh, all discoveries, all materials that are found on the fringe paths are consi- are, are to a certain extent considered to be the purview of uh, of fringe corp and that they, they these people can't just come through the portal who are like just non-aligned people and come through and make their own deals directly with people on earth well one thing that happened and actually one thing that happened in my game is that the victorian player i had a character a person playing victoria uh, victorian characters and one of the things he basically said well yes yeah, we're going to go to england and we're going to uh, open up negotiations for trade agreements between us and england and completely bypass Unita. I mean, that's going to happen too. And the Golden Horde. Huge profiteers. Okay, I'm not quite sure what the Golden Horde is going to be bringing to Earth Prime that Earth Prime wants. Oh, probably a lot of stuff. Craftsmanship, uh, material, uh, yak meat. I mean, remember, there, there's a reason why we have we have a, a world market in Pier 1. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. I just wondered, you know, because yeah. yep, the portal, the the portal one stores everywhere. Yep, <laughs> all run, all run by a guy you know who's drinking uh, fermented yak milk. Okay, oh, thank you, Richard. I'm putting down portal one stores. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why we do this podcast, you know, for those great those emergent play ideas. All right, so okay, so there is going to be stuff coming for the Fringe Pass to sell on Earth and to get reproduced on Earth because 
you know, it's cool stuff. Uh, now, the, the, there's also uh, uh, Earth selling stuff to other worlds. Because Earth is a relatively high-tech world compared to most of the worlds that are out there is based upon the uh, fringe maps that are already in existence. There's going to be competition because uh, lots of we make on, you know, we're so far ahead of all the local worlds that it'd be easier for them to manufacture or make their own versions of Victorian tech or Erder tech than it would be of our tech. So we're going, to have, we're going to have competition from those worlds. Okay. Well, fair enough. Not 120-inch TVs. Uh, yeah, but th- then you need the entire infrastructure to support that 120-inch TV. It's, it looks great on the wall. I have no power, no TV, no TV stations, and I've, and I've watched all my, all my DVDs I got twice. You know? <laughs> uh, it, it's, you know, unless you have the infrastructure, and that's the problem. You don't have the infrastructure for a lot of our high-tech goodies. Well, out there. okay, we're not necessarily talking about high-tech high, t- high tech goodies. I mean, that's the whole thing that I was thinking about, and that is that there's an awful lot of stuff that we're currently throwing away because it is antiquated technology that would be – and we're talking by the shipping – I mean, by the, the shipping container ship full of it. I mean, you know, I, the, the classic one, of course, is all those copies of E.T., the extraterrestrial video game that they put in that, 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 that dump, you know, like hundreds oh, yeah. of thousands of copies yeah. of it. Well, I'm saying all that stuff could be gathered up and actually shipped out onto the fringe pass, sorted by tech level, and uh, sent out to uh, local uh, resellers to sell that stuff, and as the t- the tech level rose on those particular worlds, then we'd have more stuff to give them, and more stuff as. Oh God, I got it, I got it. We have all these worlds. Earth Tech is pretty much the tech big boy, right? The one that our world is better than any other of those worlds is mass production, archaic weapons. Swords, bows and arrows. Just imagine how much better a golden horde horseman will be able to do his job with a polycarbonate knife and carbon steel swords and a compound bow as compared to the stuff that they make with their, you know, what, PL2 technology. And we're making it with like carbide and polycarbon. That stuff would sell like hotcakes. The golden horde. Even the Victorians with you know just automatic weapons as opposed to revolvers. Uh, the Pax Romana, if you know you give them these polycarb weapons and all that, all just weapon design, just you know that would make incredible amounts of income. Yeah, and there'd be people in UN going, "Nope, you're not going to do that." The general, I can almost imagine the, the general assembly member standing up and passing a uh, passing a motion to prevent that ever from happening. Prevent what from happening specifically, John? Sell, sell, selling weapons of weapons of death to the, to our peaceful neighbors out there. Okay, all right. Let's let's table the weapons of death. There's he's just giving an example of a product that would be that could be manufactured and shipped out. Okay, you know. Uh, I'm thinking more along the lines of where, for example, like computers. Okay, the I mean, you have um, you have a fab plant. Okay, that costs a billion dollars to, to to tool up, and after three or four years, the things that you can manufacture on that fab basically are no longer up with the norm, the technology on earth i mean it basically is is you have to retool and strip it down and and redo everything and it costs you another let's say half billion dollars to do that well what if that plant could continue to manufacture for the foreseeable future because as you find more and more worlds out there with lower you know with you know uh, with with the same level of tech that you started with they're gonna they're gonna want the products that they're you know that that matches their tech level, and uh, you're always and and as they rise in tech level, then of course there's going to be another fab that will provide the tech that they need 
at that point, you know, and then keep moving on and keep moving on. We we talk about saying, okay, we're going to jump you from, as you said, from 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 this the 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 electric age all the way up to the space age. But as John, you said, that's not really that doesn't really work because they won't have the infrastructure. Right. But there's lots and lots of worlds out there that that are going to be at the same infrastructure level. So that you can keep selling those same level computers, maybe that the market on this world becomes saturated, or they they rise they rise above that that very specific tech level, and you don't have a market there. But then you find another world because the key you know, they found a key that opened another world. This is same tech level as where that one started. Now you have a new market for the exact same products. You don't have to retour anything you just keep producing the same old 640k pc and you just keep sending it out you know to a new one because you know i put together you know 640k pcs they weren't hard to make you know they were relatively low tech compared to what they are today and um you know and, and someone who was in a 1970s 60s technology level could manufacture those things locally so i'm just saying is that there's there's always going to be an ongoing, you know, a, a lot of this stuff that we throw away could actually be bumped, and, and not only here, but also on that world that rose above that tech level. Now they're now all those computers that you sold for three thousand dollars, and that's what a PC used to cost when they first came out three thousand dollars in 1970 money. Okay, now now they're antiquated and they're going for a hundred bucks on that world. You take that computers. And you just you ship it off to a world that just now came into the 1970s in their timeline, and voila, that that $100 investment is now worth 30 times its your original cost. Okay, Bruce, I got two examples for you. One is the dies for the Volkswagen. What they went from the U.S. to Mexico, and they went to Africa after that. So there were lots of Volkswagens in Mexico, and now there eventually will be lots of Volkswagens in Africa. Okay. It's a, so they moved the entire infrastructure and basically sold it. And, and I see IDET doing that, going from world to world. Assuming, of course, that another fringe-enabled race doesn't beat them to it. So, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be competition out there, but there are a million, million worlds. So I see IDET, even if they get a very small piece of the pie from those sales, we're talking about, you know, quadrillions of dollars that could be coming back to Earth Prime uh, and IDET to fund its, its, uh, its activities. Well, you may, this actually may all be sponsored, may be driven by Fringe Corp doing this, and you need to just reap in the benefits. They're, they're the major shareholder in Fringe Corp. And French Corp is one doing all the marketing and selling this stuff out there because you know, and they have competitions because because the Brits will be selling their Babbages. Who needs that bitch bosh electronics? This is good sound mechanics material and it runs all the time. And all you just need some of good source of steam, you know. And just, th- just throw in, just throw another wood on the piece of wood on the Barbie. Wood, coal, my yeah, good man, coal, coal. Yeah. burns clean. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I actually, one little technology in that case would be uh, power generation technology. But, you know, solar solar cells, solar panels. Basically, uh, if you're smart, you 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 get you get off the the fossil fuel diet straight into a green technology because it'll be be better for it, and you get get more customers that way too because they'll live longer. Right. Well, it's yeah, but for those who you know, it just again, it depends on how. Whether you can build a fab for uh, solar cells on their world so that they can they can do that, you know, if they can't, if they're high enough technology level to do that. But if we're talking about 1900s, you, you know, you can't you can't build a, a solar powered plant uh, using our current our current technology level there. And then you would be stripping Termelorn cities for power, basically for their solar cells. About a square foot and could probably power a couple of different houses. No, so I, I'm reminded of something I saw on Cosmos, um, the new Cosmos, and he was showing that a, 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 a guy in Britain came up with this solar boiler design that worked, 
I mean, it produ- it would produce a good head of steam, and it worked. You know, and it, it, his demonstration model was small, but it produced enough power to uh, do do uh, you know it was like a uh, hundred horsepower of work. That's you know that's not that not bad. Now just imagine bigger ones, larger ones. The Victorians would start pushing these solar power generation systems out there of their own design. Uh, you know that you don't that anyone can build as long as you know how to build a boiler and make make shiny reflective surfaces. So there's going to be competition for for this stuff because the Victorians are going to go in. They're they're the cusp of electric uh, of the early electric. Uh, uh, basically, they're the cusp of of the early uh, electric age. You know, light bulbs. They already have telephones. They had telephone. They have telephones for the past thirty years. You know, and they're, they're not again not only more about new technology from Earth Prime, and they're going they're going to do. Do a jump from Victorian age, turn of the century Victorian age technology to almost 21st century technology in a matter of years, and you know that's going to be. And but if it's going to have a Victorian slant to it, it's going to be probably a lot, uh, maybe even greener than what we're doing right now, because they they they, re, they realize you know they they see what's happening to us and all our pollution we've got. They may decide, well, we can bypass this, can't we? Yes, bypass it. So they may be start delivering stuff that's more greener and much more easier to build. Look, let's look at what happened in uh, in East Germany. It took about almost twenty years for the East Germans to catch up to the West Germans. Nearly bankrupted the West Germans, but they totally ripped out their infrastructure, rebuilt it, and the East Germans just didn't know how to deal with it. Oh yeah, it, it, that's going to happen, you know, because it, it's a, uh, and it's, of course it, the, the Victorians keeping everything a secret is not going to last very long. I mean, you know, when you have a major operations, major operations going down in in the Congolese protect, protectorate, uh, people are going to start asking questions, start snooping around, and finally the the cat will be out of the bag. So they're only going to get their uh, exclusive license on this for only a short period of time, and then they'll then they'll be dealing with the entire Victorian world at that point. You know, and that's gonna make it be. That'll be interesting. <laughs> okay, so what I had here was sale of tech to fringe worlds, which was directly if the high, if, if high tech enough that it can't be duplicated. So there's some stuff that's gonna be uh, just like there. We talked about harvesting to Mellorn technology and selling it on Earth Prime because you can't reproduce it, but it doesn't mean it can't be used. You know, that's there's a market there for IDET. There's also Earth Prime selling high tech to other worlds, where you know, the, the, to, to to a limited market, I'll grant you. Okay, I mean, and, and again, as you get further along in the campaign, where you're able to build fabs on other worlds and such, you might be able to get you know better stuff. If you get if we get high tech enough that we literally can just start pulling molecules out of the air and binding it and building it using nanotechnology to produce whatever product we want, well then we pretty much can do as we can go to a world and produce whatever we want on that world just big a, a a big enough one to reproduce more of itself and 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 build an industry block that produces whatever products IDET wants to sell on that world. I mean that's 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 a late campaign concept where they literally go to some world you know with a box that produces more boxes and then eventually they start producing products that they then can then sell as as a uh, an industrial concern to the natives of that world. A uh, good book for that was Clifford D. Simak's The Visitors. Okay. Yeah, because the problem with that is, you gotta really watch your morals in that one. The black boxes do the black boxes only work for Earth primers? I mean, you know, basically, is this like, oh yeah, you you give us give us all this stuff, and here's these wonderful black boxes that you can't that you can't make, and no, we're not gonna teach you how to make them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, cargo cult, a bunch of cargo cultists out there. You know, totally depend upon us. That's what people have been doing for for uh, millennia, John. They, they they want a market. That that was the whole point of the American colonies was to be that very a market that didn't that produced raw materials that were sent to England that which were then turned into finished goods and sold back to the Americans. You know that that we weren't supposed to have any native industries like that because we weren't supposed to be in com- in competition with you know, the good old uh, English uh, uh, citizens. Yeah, that's 
That's I, I can see that happening. If not by us, it's certainly going to be happening by the other members of the uh, Alien Corps. Someone's going to decide that you know the best way to do this is make sure that they can't they can't make their own version. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, they did a that a good example of that was uh, as we mentioned in the last podcast was the Death World series, the second Death World book. They had all these clans that were, uh, pretty much owned a certain kind of technology, and they would booby trap all the devices that. Uh, uh, you know that that they produced and sold to the other clans. So if anybody tried to get into them, so that they could reverse engineer them, figure out the secrets of the technology, you know, it would release a poison gas capsule, or the thing would just stop working, and they'd have to pay ten times the amount to get it fixed and get going again. So yeah, it's that uh, I see that happening very uh, quite a bit. Yeah, they let the magic smoke out. Yeah, doesn't work anymore. Or on Hubbard, uh, the uh, what was it, one of his book series with the uh, humans and alien tech, and they discovered that the alien tech simply had higher pressures on the inside, and when the pressure dropped, it tripped the switch and blew up. Of course, they figured that out real fast. Yeah, of course, Tamilan tech is pretty much that much for us too. I mean, most Tamilan tech you're going to run into is going to be a black box. We're really not going to know how it works. Actually, I shouldn't say Tamilan tech. Telemelon and Commonwealth tech we run into is going to be pretty much black boxes. We won't know how they work, how they operate. They just do. And, you know, until we get a high enough, until we get a better understanding, it's going to be more or less, well, I got, uh, what's for dinner? Boop, 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 boop. Green stuff. You know, and. Uh, <laughs> I love green stuff. Is, this, is it green stuff with sparkles this time? Ooh. Sweet. Well, uh, and. and, and and brown chunks. It's got brown chunks in it too. Yay! <laughs> Dropped cans and the labels came off, and they didn't know what the people were getting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a boy and his dog. Yeah. Beats are better for him, anyways. <laughs> Ew. He, he thought he was being given peaches. <laughs> Ooh. Anyways, okay. So, but if if we're if they have a kind of a a higher level a civilization where they do have things like patents and such uh, a concept, then going and uh, taking out a patent in a world and getting a, someone else to manufacture for you just means that that money just comes, just comes back to you and you and you use that to buy products that you then send back to Earth Prime. Or, again, to support the ongoing fringe-worthy uh, thing. I mean, I, I suspect after a while, they're going to be c- collecting all kinds of stuff from worlds to, to support those, uh, those equipment depots that they have on those worlds. See, there's another thing, too, you're now thinking of, Bruce, okay. which is the, the fact that the, where things are, you hit another alternate Earth where, uh, what is it, Sutter's Mill was never mined for gold, and you can bring gold back. But the problem is it destabilizes the Earth gold market. Right. Well, that's why we've always said that you can't bring back anything that's intrinsically valuable, like gold or silver or diamonds. Or th- but if you tell the Victorians where the diamonds are in South Africa and, that, and near the uh, Canadian North, uh, uh, they, will, they will dig. The beers will not be there. Right. But my, my point is that you don't want to bring those products back to Earth because then that destabilizes our you know our economy. So, but you can use the those things. You can use the profits from that to buy stuff that can be then used to to support the IDET activities. Or if you want to go, if you want to go and build a fab on another alien world, you can use that money, that gold, to go to that alien world and spend that money there. Pop, Hopefully not destabilizing their economy, but the point is that to, to go and, and, and finance your operations on another world, you know, while you're there, you know, but not bring it back to Earth. Yeah. Now, I'm trying to remember, but uh, one thing they ran, my Victorian character ran into, what the player ran into, was the difference in gold price. Because basically, uh, uh, was it gold was $20 an ounce at the time. Uh, at the time where he was, so let's see, that'd be uh, 1898, uh, I believe. 18, no, eight, yeah, 1898, and uh, say it's $20, and its current current prices 
it would run about it basically be a value of five hundred seventy nine dollars. What's the current value of gold? Thirteen hundred. So basically, they can they can take advantage of the difference in in value. The gold's worth more here on Earth. So they so the Victorians they show up and go, which is why they wouldn't bring it. They would be allowed to bring it back to Earth. But no, they're bringing. They need to finance their operations. You 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 don't think the Victorians are going to set up an embassy in 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 Britain and set up a consulate in Alice Springs to be near uh, to be near uh, Unita headquarters? No, they're they're going to do that. diplomatic pouches. You can't search them. <laughs> uh, well, that De Beers is not a is not a is not a government. They may they may own governments, but they they're not a government. Victorian, but but we're talking, but we're talking Victorians. You know, they basically they go they go, they basically will give them gold. They sell the gold, and, for, and you know they're not going to bring a whole lot. They're going to just go. They're bringing up to finance their operations. You know, so they'll bring you know maybe a, a pound of gold, which will sell for you know close to I, uh, I forgot how much know, gold no, goes. Nobody's, for, yeah. yeah, I understand. I mean, and there's going to be corruption and stuff. Uh, I, I, we're not talking about that level of gold. We're talking about like you said, where you went to another world and you knew where all the it's a closed earth analog, and you know where the the mother load is, and you go and you bring that back by the ton. And then all of a sudden you're having a problem. I'm saying is it be, be it, it would be better for IDET to use that money to go to to finance its operations, its explorers when they go to other worlds. Like you know, let's say it's not a world in which there's nothing there but sticks, but there's a world like it is uh, the f- fourth century someplace or even ancient Rome. Okay, so you go there and you've got you know a pound of gold or something that you've gotten off of another world where you did that mining. Okay, now your your team can operate out of there that world for an extended period of time and not have to worry about financial support from Earth Prime because they're basically they have all the money they need. Yeah, I've ever, I worked this out. A pound of gold would give you, you'd have the equivalent of not quite, not quite a millionaire in, in Pax Romana, but you'd be like a, a hundred thousandaire in Pax Romana with a pound of gold. You know, and so yeah, you could live like a king for a while before you have to worry about you know. Or you a job. could support a fairly large exploration team over an extended period of time. You could buy buildings, you could buy equipment, you could buy slaves or servants. You know, pay them depending upon what's available. Okay, and uh, and and I'm saying you could set up a, a real operation there instead of be going through with a you know with a. Uh, you know, with a with a uh, an armored vehicle and a dozen people and and try to get someone to notice you. Okay, you could actually have enough money to gain people's notice by what you have, and and start building. You know, come in there as value as traders or uh, uh, embassies from a foreign country, and be able to afford to live. Uh, and equip yourself at a level that would be appropriate to the people you're trying to do business with. And that money could come from sales of products on other worlds or even mining on a world which has, all, as you said, all that gold and silver and such by the, the truckload that you could just simply take out, refine a little bit, and send it off with some explorers to use on their, their explorations. Yeah. Also, you can take advantage of certain materials that are common to us today – but in the in the past, we're worth more than gold, like aluminum. You know, until we had the best for process, you had, you know, aluminum was much more valuable than gold. I mean, that's why the top of the George Washington Monument is Captain Aluminum. And there was a uh, there was a cut jewel in the one of the uh, in, in the uh, uh, the English crown, which was aluminum until they figured out what it was and they took it out and replaced it. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but well, actually, most gemstones are variations on aluminum. I mean, they are they're all chemically aluminum. Yeah, I mean, you know, like we said, you want transparent aluminum? It's called sapphire. <laughs> you know, so uh, but yeah, I mean, when the players showed up in England, the gifts of aluminum you know, of aluminum fry pans were like handing out you know a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, because once you have metal- once you have metallic aluminum, you can melt it down. And so, and, refor- and refashion it, you know, it, it, you know, and yeah, they were just handing out handing out large sums of money without realizing it, you know. What's this fatherware you're talking? What's this? Who's this fatherware? You know. <laughs> yes, 
and of course, uh, and then and once you have a, a spray on um, te- Teflon spray, then all of a sudden you can make all everybody's uh, uh, materials really hot stuff. There's this there's this spray you spray it on your uh, on your your shoes and such your clothes. It's hydrophobic and therefore mud and dirt and everything just it doesn't even wash off. It blows off. It doesn't even stick. So I can see you going and giving that to the military. Hey, you're not your you you know you don't your soldiers aren't feet aren't going to be stuck in the mud anymore. Yeah. Also, they're trying to work it into clothing, so you actually have really waterproof clothing. Right, Richard. What are you saying? I was going to say I've seen pictures of it. I've seen it used on boots, clothing, shovels. It's great stuff. We have we we bought it. It's not and it's not that expensive. You get like a, a can, like you'd use, you know, to uh, like like a can of crayon crayon paint, and it it and it costs like twenty bucks. And he's my son was just using it on his shoes and using it on all kinds of stuff. And it and it's great and it works. It lasts. It doesn't just fall right off. It's it's great stuff. They're working I- on a chemically neutral version so they can line the inside of bottles. You catch it, never sticks to the size of the bottle. It all slides out. I, I just kind of wonder sometimes: Is it you doing it just to do it? <laughs> was it really a problem before this? <laughs> just turn the thing upside down and wait fifteen minutes. <laughs> well, every, every I, I actually get the I get the upside down bottles, and the thing is, I always end up with about two tablespoons in there. I can't squeeze out. I have to go in there and dig it out. Oh horror! Oh, we've got to, we've we've got to solve this this terrible dilemma. That's the <laughs> world problems. Yeah, but there's other places where you know you want that frictionless surface for fluid transport. Yeah, I could definitely see using this on the inside of pipelines. Oh, yeah. And even in food manufacturing, yeah, that would be that would be very useful. Yeah, even food manufacturing, you, you know, a lot of the problems is that you, if you think with hot fluids like cheese or something like that, they, they will collect it when it gets cool. Uh, this makes sure it all flows out if your system is designed right and there won't be anything left over. I can over. see that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, and I can see that too. That'd be good. Yeah, sure. So that this these kinds of things would you know and it would be really great to be able to sell to people you know and and, it, and this is something that if you brought a tanker t- truck full of this stuff through a uh, you know a French portal that would be you know you don't use a lot of it so that would actually be in an industrial quantity. Yeah, and don't forget, and it goes the other way too. Don't forget, you know that one of the the Paxer Manor Fringeworthy is a brewer. I can just see him going, you know, I could probably make a mint selling my beer on Earth Prime. Because it's, you know, it's going to be totally unlike anything they've had before. Exotic cuisine, yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, the, it, it's the sheep feet. Well, especially if, if, for example, it uses a berry from a tree that doesn't exist on Earth, and you go over and you make a, you, you set up a farm and orchard, and you grow some some trees, and you, then you start producing a very specialized wine from those trees, then uh, yeah, I could you know you could have a, a product that command a very high price. Yeah, and you know, or the in fact he uses a it uses a breed of hops that does not exist at all in our world. So the, his beer tastes different from from our beer. Even it's hoppy, but it's not the same hoppy, you know. And they, you know, and, he, and of course they'll guard that those hops like like they they used to guard crocuses in the in the Middle East until some pilgrim stole stole some. But uh, yeah, crocuses turn into saffron. It used to be a tiny Middle Eastern uh, proc until a pilgrim snuck snuck a couple of bulbs in a, in, in a secret compartment in his staff back to Spain. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, saffron still costs a fortune. Yeah. Depending on which ones. Yeah. Well, there's American saffron. It's not as good. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you know, every time I look at saffron, the price is enormous. Yeah. It, it, it's not quite the cost of gold, but it's getting there. Uh, but that, that's bringing our point up. You're right. Uh, foods that don't exist. Uh, there, uh, actually, I remember reading about there was a plant in the Middle East that, when you made it into a tea, was a was a natural birth control uh, solution. It was a contraceptive. In fact, the Romans had it. It was a contraceptive, and they think it's extinct. They're still wondering what the hell it was. It got cut. The, it, it, all these women just cutting it up and, and making tea out of it. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, they want to make sure they didn't have any kids. You know, they controlled the- Yeah, they want to control their birth, <coughs> their birth control. Yeah. I mean, women, you know, they died back then having too many babies, you know, because they get an infection. Now, let's toss in some other weird things. Yeah, I mean, here's another thought. You know, this is and this is going to come from a TV show. Everyone's going to go, "What?" But say you find a plant that when you after you let the seeds dry and and you do a little processing to them when you eat them, you become telepathic for about fifty minutes. Well, that'd be great. Sure, would it? You never <laughs> saw or, the or it'd be terrible. Yeah, no, I didn't see it. See the episode of Gilligan's Island when that happened. No, I don't remember that. But there was so there were so many episodes that were crazy on Gilligan's Island. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was a thought because you know, the, the, from their point of view, oh, it was even in the story, the place where they make the make the the the, the, the booze that makes you psychic, and have and basically fall unconscious and have shared dreams. You know, they, they, they basically Gordon Conrad and the, and, the, and the team make sure they broke every one of those. Bottles, because they didn't want that getting back to Earth. <laughs> but you, you, you imagine finding the Earth where that stuff came from. You know what kind of culture has a, has a liquor that makes you become psychic and have shared dreams. Lots of t- lots of Commonwealth cultures, I imagine. Yeah. Don't and don't forget the red weed. They got spread by accident. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So you're gonna have these. You're gonna have these. Uh, some of this stuff that. Yeah, some folks may want to think twice about bringing, because they could have they could have problems. Definitely have problems with them. I mean, like you said, you know, someone finds triples or the triple equivalent. You know, you think rabbits are bad in Australia? <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's no evidence that this is not going to continue to be a problem because uh, because there's limited uh, culpability out on the fringe pass. I mean, you literally can go to a world and wreck it, and you've got a hundred million more. Yeah, cause that can lead to uh, that, that leads to, to an attitude I used to I would talk to about uh, I, I think on the old fringe with the Yahoo group where you get these people who they go but they're not real people. Amber, the the whole Amber series uh, where everything's a shadow of the true world, so you don't really have to treat those people as if they're real people because they're just shadows. Because we will have the sociopaths who are fringe worthy and they pass all the tests and you don't catch them. Yeah. You're just talking about Earth Prime. I mean, there's going to be lots of uh, uh, fringe-enabled worlds out there where they don't have such issues about who they hire. If you're fringe-worthy, you're in. Yeah. 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 You're 80 years old. Don't worry. After 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 10 years, you'll feel like you're 60. You know. <laughs> hey, I'm almost 60. I don't feel that bad. Yeah, I'm almost 61. What's that, Grandpa? Yeah, but but Rich, but Richard, you were you you were supposed to be dead forty years ago. <laughs> wow. the, yes. the cardiologist is very happy with me. Good, good. I was talking about the whole thing with the radiation treatments you guys as, as a baby. Yeah, we uh, and we fixed all of that. Okay, we just took all the organs out. <laughs> Replace them with them. straw. <laughs> <laughs> No, with, with accurate plastic models, you know. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, you have to face the truth. That at some point, you need a idea. It's not going to exist anymore. I mean, you know, we're talking like maybe a hundred years in the future. It's going to be a past organization. We're talking new. At that point, we're looking at new Commonwealth. But yeah, for probably the next what forty, fifty years, this is going to be an issue. At the point where. I would say you need a can it could enable world government on the United States because it's going to be the major source of income. If you don't work for one of the French corps, who are you working for? You know? Yeah. They'll well, be bringing, yeah. They, they, all the fringe born bringing back new tech and all the fringe born going out there and, you know, and, and they're doing a whole lot better than the, than the, the original fringe were because these guys, they know everybody. And they know what to look for. And they grew up with the guys. I mean, you know. And they've got better tech to look for it. I mean, you know, they they, they, they know how to use all the, the secret unknown crystal powers that the poor people back in the early days never even knew existed. 
find French worthy. Like I said, you know, you you, you get the master level. Uh, you get a key. You get a. Uh, I think it's a high security level key. I I don't think it's actually not a rainbow key, but it's like in the uh, the top tier. You get one of those keys, and you have the master fringeworthy power. This is in Savage Worlds. You basically you got twenty mile on average. You got twenty mile radius. But considering the type of character who can who gets that, you're gonna almost always get a fifty mile radius. It's like fringeworthy. There's four over there, three over there, and one over there. You know, and we're gonna. Pick them up and, and hire them. You know, it, it, finding fringe where they will be a whole lot easier when you get those higher level keys. Yeah, and I, I figure at a certain point, you know, like people because the fringe worthies their their children are going to be fringe worthy because of their passing through the portals. It's going to be they're going to get to a point where you're going to have a group of people that are all fringe worthy, and they're not going to even need to look for more fringe worthy. You know, they'll produce their own. Yeah, and but also because <laughs> we also institute a new power, which is fine crystal key that means these people also will come along and go Oomph. oh uh, oh no, no don't do that don't don't do that that that's giving away too much well I'm going, I, I don't i don't like that eh, go, but that's another that's another discussion yeah <laughs> i just well i also give it you know give I, another power too which is high crystal key yeah okay i i'm just saying is that the you know the control the the control of the crystal keys needs to be in the hands of the gm so Oh yeah, I mean it's it's I I I just I just a little bit I just look you know no one's making any new crystal keys, and some have probably been lost forever. I mean it's going to be a finite amount, and you're not going to just find them laying around someplace. Even though that's how we found the first three or four keys. Actually, I'm I'm going to agree with Bruce that they're going to be out there, but they're going to be either hidden, put away, lost under a rock. Just because you know where the key is doesn't mean you can get it. Okay, well, well, we'll have to see how that goes, John. I'm just saying, is that I can see where this that that could be a you know, that could be a problem for the GM. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but uh, but we were talking about space tech. You know, we didn't even talk about you know all the um, uh, problem portal functions, which are now going to be available to people who are higher level, you know, crystal key users. The ability to uh, take a, a portal that's on Earth Prime, for example, and pop it up into orbit and then shove a whole bunch of stuff into orbit. That's going to really reduce, you know, that, that whole issue you were talking about having to go to the moons, you could do other things. You could just throw it into orbit from, uh, uh, from the, the platform, uh, uh, Earth orbit. And that would save a lot of money that way. Yeah. And also, you know, also remember, at some point, we're going to encounter one of the uh, future tech worlds. Now, how do, how do we approach them? Uh, 2448, you go to the library, you check out the plans on how to build a Kansas-class starship and take it home and hope it works. How do you check them out? I don't got a library. I don't have a. Li- I don't have library access. How do you use the system? It doesn't recognize me as a. It doesn't recognize me as a citizen. Well, the you claim you were a homeless person that you never your parents never registered you and you joined the system. Well, every high tech world I've ever done in Fringeworthy, uh, where they actually had a civilization that was actively high tech, uh, as soon as they found out about the Fringeworthy, and it didn't take very very long because the the uh, the amount of documentation required to operate in a system a, a society like that. They were the the fridge where they were quickly identified as being outsiders, and as soon as they found out, they said, "Okay, we would love to give you tech. However, we're going to have to be very careful about what we give you because we looked at your, we, you know, uh, we, we looked at all those hidden um, uh, directories on your uh, laptops. You know, uh, when you were showing us your high, your welcome to IDET video, and we learned a little bit about. You know, we've got your Wikipedia pages, and we read about your history, and clearly you." guys don't use tech very well so we're going to have to be careful about what tech we give you what tech we don't give you so and, um, and you have to you wonder know. about that big large green dog that's looking at you kind of funny another obscure reference <laughs> uh, yeah oh I know the reference uh, yeah yeah yeah, but yeah, you you know you run into situations like um, uh, actually, I had my team run into that one time. They went to, they were on a world. They're trying to figure out how to make. They realized they had no money. This world was high tech. 
the, they basically no one used money anymore. They just simply use use uh, use uh, uh, cash transactions. Actually, at the time, I used cash cards, but they just used cash transactions. Uh, they couldn't do anything. They you know they, 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 and they were homeless. The trouble is, it turns out the homeless were well documented in that world. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's why it's always a good idea to take the perform skill because then, you're, then your IDET explorers can become traveling troubadours. Or a violin. You know, or do magic shows or do whatever it takes. You I mean, become performers. So you, your, your, product, it, your product is entertainment. Your product is stories that you can tell. Let me tell you this story about an ancient time. And, and it's a good story. You know, it was uh, written by Aesop. And everybody holds out their cards to debit to you remotely like a dollar. Yep. And you're sitting there without one. <laughs> Right, so you say, could you just go over to the store and buy and and buy me something, and then you could go and, and so you can get yourself fed. You know, I'm not talking about a, you know, or or maybe go and, and they'll be shocked. You don't have a card. Well, eventually you're going to figure out. I'm saying eventually you're going to be able to get a card. Okay, it shouldn't be that hard to do that. You know, I mean, you would have to reveal your identity to, but whatever. I'm just saying is. You know, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, like an FT, like an like an FTL. I'd imagine that if you showed up and said you, well, we were homeless and they never registered to me, they'd look at you and say, nope. And if you say, well, I'm from a colony world, they go, where, what shift did you show up on? Because we don't have you on record. I mean, basically, I would say an FTL, they they look at you as an anomaly, and that that's the point where Isco will have you off in a little room someplace explaining who and what you are. Under circumstances where documentation like that is necessary, if you want to remain covert, you're going to have to supply yourself from you know the portal, okay, and and, and if your basic human needs, okay. Uh, if you can't do that, then you're going to have to reveal yourself or find a patron, somebody who says, "Hey, we're aliens from outer space. Would you take care of us? We'll tell we'll tell you we'll take you back with us when we go if you do." Certainly, there's been a lot of stories about that. <laughs> Are you telling the truth? Yeah, we're from another. We're from an alternate world that's not as high tech as this one. You know, and he's gonna look at you going, "Yeah, right." You know, it's like Doctor Who. You know, and. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. What I'm saying is that there are people out there that would get behind you and support you. You wouldn't necessarily have to go public or turn yourself over to the you know the government vivisectionists. There might actually be people like science fiction groups or mi- medieval recreationist groups who would who would take you under their wing and actually protect you. Oh, I can see it now. The 20th, 20th century reenactment uh, t- reenactments uh, people who are going, wait, 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 it's that's polyester. Oh, where'd you get that? Man, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll pay you. I'll pay you 150 credits. Does it come with the stick? Yeah, here you go. Okay, now I got a stick. <laughs> now I can get my money transferred. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's there's lots of things you can do at, at that point. Yeah, and, you know, just selling old tech. I mean, that's actually there that was something I, I I was doing an incursion. Was that you know they they would sell all this everything they took off the off their slaves they would sell because there's people who would buy it, you know even though it's it's incredibly incredibly old out of date tech they bought for this they would sell it to people for the same reason you were talking about. There's worlds out there with, of comparable te- technology level that they can make it work. Yeah, I mean the, it's that's one of the other things that you could you could pretty much put the bottom uh, out of you know out of the uh, antique market on Earth Prime just by bringing over stuff from from a world that's time delayed di- uh, enough that uh, you know what they consider to be old you know antique is is being made in factories you know authentically. It's authentic. It's made with the same techniques and the same processes. It's just, you know. We, we, I, I heard of something that was wonderful. They were shipping old apples to Africa. In fact, they shipped thousands of old, like, Apple IIs to Africa. That's why they're hard to find now. And the Africans absolutely adored them. They kept them going, and they're still using them. Hey, my, my uh, Atari 800 works just fine. It only has 64K in it, but I can write useful programs. As a matter of fact, I wrote a very useful program for uh, TriTech Games, <laughs> if you remember it. The very the very first real character generator, not that little fancy little 
piece of pop art that you had on your Apple on your Apple computer, the thing that actually allowed you to create characters and print out character sheets. Oh, we could print on that that Apple thing. We could print out entire solar systems and groups and encounter groups. Lloyd did a brilliant job on it, and nothing compared to what I did. We have four of them left sitting in the safe. Yeah, we don't know what to and do because we can't run them on anything. <laughs> Yet I still have my Atari 800. Yeah. Now, of course, there's no, no reason why you, why you need funding because one thing will happen is you'll run into places like Alt-02, which is too politically unstable at the, at the time you contact them to actually bring them in. You know, you know, Alt Zero Two is where you know the the American the American colonies are back in rebellion, and it's the eighteen six and it's the eighteen seventies. You know, and really, you, no one wants to get in that get involved in that. But you still want to keep an eye on things, so you you're going to need to set up base operations, a secret base operations on these kind of worlds, which are too politically unstable for you know for real contact. And you, but you, it does mean you will need, like you said, patrons. You need you need someone on that side to be act as your quizzling. I hate to use that term, but that's what they are, quizzling. And you know, make sure you, you have a place of operations you can work out of uh, that, that place. And if you can get someone powerful or wealthy, that's even better. Right. Okay, so uh, any more ideas about how to make money off the fringe pass for IDET? Strip mine the pokey wall, the, the junkyard pokey wall. Uh, I mean, literally strip mine it. Most of the stuff there is junk, but it's all, but it's all you know. There's gold. There's copper. There's stuff. There's tech there that you know at least it isn't it isn't crushed in the lower layers. Uh, I worked out it basically. It's it, every year it gets sixty seven feet wider from the amount of junk landing on the pokey wall. Well, it also has so many different variations of stuff that you. That we have our prime that's interesting, you know, like the, you know, the the different Coke bottles with those different labels on them, and and all that stuff. I mean, you know, but you know, uh, political slogan buttons from alternate campaigns. That I'm sure that there would be a, a collectible market of of that kind of stuff, or just people who want inter- a piece of the fringe path. Yeah, uh, of course. I remember everything in that world is junk. So even if you find like a Buck Rogers spaceship on there, it's a broken Buck Rogers spaceship. But still, hey, there may be stuff on that thing that actually works in our world. Bring that sucker home. Hopefully it fits with the portal. Hey, you know, the garbage can lids are made out of that same material as Captain America's shield. I mean, it could be useful. Yeah, vibranium. Vibranium. (laughs) Implosium. (laughs) Hey. Yeah, they don't work on Earth Prime. They don't work on Earth Prime. Of course they work on Earth Prime. They just don't work as well. I mean, it can be really, really tough material. You know, it just doesn't absorb all impact the way vibranium is supposed to do. Yeah, it has some sort of weird, strange molecular structure that takes these takes them twenty years to figure out because you literally have to get get one of those those uh, uh, tilling microscopes to take it apart atom by atom to figure out the structure. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. And it's a garbage and it's a garbage can lid. I bought it for $150 on eBay. Yeah, and then 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 it's the other garbage cans you find that the, the lids are made of quarter-inch steel. And you're going, "What? <laughs> Why do you make garbage can lids out of quarter-inch steel?" Because garbage is so valuable on those worlds. Wrap your head around that one. Yeah, but like I said, you know, it's strip mining that world because, like I said, it, it, you know, new stuff falls every day, it grows by an eighth of an inch, every, you know, eight tenths of an inch every day. All right, and I have to get going. Uh, one thing All I right. wanted to do, starting up, uh, probably at this one, is to do a uh, everybody does a movie review or a one minute new movie they've seen and, and what they think about it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll come up. I'll, I can come up with a little. I can come up with a stinger for that. A little stinger if you want to put it in there, Bruce. Well, I've got the. Uh, I've got the first one. This uh, this week we found a wonderful movie called Big Ass Spider, and it was surprisingly well built, uh, well done, good special effects, funny, and well worth seeing. And we got it off of Netflix. I th- I think it's great that a spider has some junk in his trunk. No, no, no. It's, this thing is huge, and the story is just good. 
So, and starting next time, then we can probably start adding some more to this. So this is just a recommendation, is what you're saying. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, it's no big surprise to anybody, but uh, I just saw the uh, the Captain new Captain America Winter Soldier one, and it was pretty good. Oh, yeah. God, that was fantastic. The, the actress who played Black Widow, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, that- uh, she, she did a science fiction. Lucy. Yeah. No, this isn't that. This is a, this is like an independent film and she, um, uh, she's an alien who's come to earth. And, uh, it reminded me very much of the man who fell to earth. Uh, and it was very artsy and, um, I, uh, I would recommend it. And cause I'm a, I am a kaiju otaku Godzilla. <laughs> the, uh, the last one, it's absolutely it was wonderful. Uh, I really uh, this. I, I I've got the DVD. I got the Blu-ray of it. I have it on on, on my iTunes. I have two different copies of it, and because uh, I still want to go through it in, in slow mo through some scenes just to see the Easter eggs they've laid they laid everywhere. Um, my only my only gripe is that the ver- copy I have does not have a, a director's commentary. I would love to actually have a director's commentary. Uh, for it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen it several times, and it's uh, really up there. And uh, I would say kaiju movies. All right, well, thanks for listening to us, uh, and thank you for uh, playing the Fringeworthy game, where we get to do these really great things like figuring out how to make star-spanning economic empires, and we uh, uh, and think about what you know how you could actually make something like IDET work. I mean, it's, it, this is alternate history of the uh, future, alternate history of the very best kind. And we look forward to your feedback on this uh, at our Facebook pages and on TriTechGamers.com. And of course, uh, we would love for you to leave us a excellent review on iTunes and uh, leave any messages on our Podbean site, uh, TriTechGames, uh, TriTechSystems.Podbean.com. So we'll have more for you uh, uh, about many other things, and especially if you leave us a, uh, a topic suggestion. And we'll we have that for you uh, next week. But until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game. Hate the players. This is Richard Tohoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction. No derivatives. And sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.